Hi, James. Hello, Gabby. We're back. It's been a while. Um, we definitely want to let you guys know that we love doing Illusion Pod. Um, James was moving. Now I'm going to find my way back to LA. My mom was visiting. Um, a lot of chaos, but we do love doing this. And soon we'll be in the same city and able to do it in person together, which was so much fun when we started. Remember, you'd come into my like, so fun. <laughs> our like dining table and we'd prop up everything with boxes. <laughs> yeah (laughs) so very excited to go back to that (laughs) I can't wait it's I'm truly it's truly a dream come true it's something that I thought would I never happen again I was like Gabby and I will never live in the same city again you were like oh I took her I always knew it's funny because I act like that was a possibility but I look back in my journal entries and literally like every two weeks I was like it still feels temporary it still feels temporary and I think I just wow you know but I always let myself indulge a little but I love, I have to say, like, staying in a place for at least three months is kind of the best because you get to mm-hmm. see, I was, I'm always interested in places beyond the vacation level, <laughs> and I just feel like yeah. I completely, like, I, I just understand, <laughs> you know, um, so it was a good, was you a immersed good yourself, it was like an I immersion practice, very much an immersion practice, that's a good, it's a good phrase, <laughs> an immersion practice <laughs> yeah. how often do we do that just to see what comes <laughs> truly truly what will happen it's like when you're a kid and you're like will i drown if i go underwater oh my god like Drowning. when i put a plastic bag over my head to see if i suffocated yeah you're like i heard that something would happen you know immersion practice yeah <laughs> totally i'm kind of obsessed with that <laughs> next video project um also another update we were talking about this and i feel like this is very exciting um we'll be adding a new wing to illusion pod james if you want to get into that yeah so basically we are going to have one episode that's a podcast that is this dialogue and then that'll be one week and then the following week i will do a meditation um that's sort of centered around the topics that we discussed in the previous podcast episode Um, I'm really excited about this. They're not going to be really long meditations. It's going to be something that you can listen to when you wake up in the morning. Likely it'll be like max 15 minutes, people, Mm -hmm. like really a quick, a quickie. But um, meditation is something that I'm really, really passionate about. And it's something that I feel like it should be incredibly accessible to people. Um, And I have um, a newsletter where you can get meditation prompts every single week. But this is like an extending an olive branch with that project. And I think Mm -hmm. it'll be really fun. Um, So tune in if you care to. And it's like meditation isn't a scary thing. This isn't like we're diving into our psyche and pulling out weeds. And it's Mm -hmm. not like that at all. It's going to be beautiful and sweet. So yeah, and very looking forward to it. You know, you get like a us kind of because I think. (laughs) <laughs> like we were saying this earlier when we were talking about it but it's like diving into cultural illusions right is is mm-hmm. it's putting yourself on like a hamster wheel over and over again <laughs> but in a yeah. fun you know but we do that that's fun it makes life fun um uh and then but the truth is is like being present and is really the key right so we'll have both those things so every two weeks this you know us talking obsessing <laughs> unpacking and then you get a <laughs> moment of calm and then that helps us too because i think we're more of a two-week Two week podcast. A two weeker podcast. Yeah. yeah, we got a lot Let's going on. Let's be real here. But we do love this. <laughs> I love the conversations that come out of this. Um, yeah. And it's fantastic. Uh, so today, today's fun. Today's not fun, and then it will be fun. 
because talking about branding is we exciting. should say that this might be a little triggering i think at the beginning definitely content warning i want to say yeah. um for this episode absolute content warning um if you have any simply drowning death freak accident water story, even um, i feel like ocean water, water. yeah you know, if you've witnessed a death or tried to save someone, anything like that, um, and that's something hard for you to listen to, definitely don't listen to this one. Uh, yeah. Also, if you're just having a good day, you know, you're having a good day, you're driving to your best friend's house, you're just trying to keep it light, maybe save this one for a time where uh, that's not the case because it is a sad story. I'm going to tell a sad, hard story. It's it's and, sobering. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe in, you know, we, you know, just sparking hard things on people you know yeah, mortality yeah. major mortality um do you hear that bird that's wailing i do that's yeah good. the birds have been louder lately like really there's so many different hmm. kinds um i wonder if it's mating season like pterodactyl okay so it's content warning um and i just want to say okay so we're gonna be talking about the bystander effect first in mm-hmm. relation to the story because i have never in my life witnessed the bystander effect so hard so in my face in such a dire life death situation it was very jarring for me um it's been a few days i processed it luckily i don't feel any intense trauma i was talking about james with this and the one time i did get ptsd from an event um it's something you feel like in your brain that changes i did not have that moment in this situation it was just very hard to watch very hard to see but there was no part of me that felt deeply life-threatened afraid so I do feel fine um but it was also just a wild scene and very telling of humanity I think that's what's the craziest thing about this story is it's like yeah it's so human and like flawed human mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it steps out of the narrative that we're told is supposed to happen kind of you know mm-hmm. anyway so bystander effect first and then we originally were going to talk about branding and self-branding so bystander effect and branding two very different things but I think I kind of like that, um, <laughs> I hate this word, but juxtaposition <laughs> yeah. of um, a very hard kind of weird human illusion and then kind of a more lighter current social media-esque illusion. Yeah, I don't right? think we could just talk about the bystander effect. We have to balance that one out with another Yeah, we have to go back, to, back to the internet. Yeah. Uh, so let's <laughs> get into it. So here's the story once again, content warning of just death, freak accent, everything. I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. We will we will put in the bio, like, when the, the branding conversation starts, if you just want to tune in there. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I hear stuff on your end. <laughs> it's a, I'm in my garage, so I'll cut it out, don't worry. <laughs> okay, also love that you're in your garage. That's very podcast-esque. Thank you. So you Thank have, you. like, garage like sounds. The, I have a screaming bird. Like, early Jeff Bezos before he became evil <laughs> yeah that's that's how it starts <laughs> we have to stop james now um and then i have my pterodactyl outside okay um so basically this was only a few days ago um there's this beach on maui called big beach it is a beautiful gorgeous giant beach it's just one of those things you would see on a postcard my mom visited me i had been there one time prior and seen it and just been like my you know I don't want to say my breath was taken away it was like amazing it was beautiful I don't want to now when I say those things like that I'm like those aren't positive things to say um but yeah just yellow sand blue water you would never imagine that the waves are dangerous and they do not tell you that the waves are dangerous and 
being in Maui for so long, I realize um, there's so much danger here that doesn't go reported. And people come mm. here without awareness of how strong the ocean can be. Maybe they've never had that time in their life where they learned how to understand the ocean. So you come to this beautiful beach. It is so serene, so gorgeous, but the waves are deadly. And so you, you're sitting there, you think, you know, you're in this serene environment. How could anything like this possibly happen, right? So... I'm with my mom. We show up to this beach. It's an extremely crowded beach, and this is very important. It's very crowded, but not like not social distanceable crowded. Like everyone's far away, but it's a beach full of people essentially, and that's important. And also a very, you know, big wide beach where you can see everything kind of in one in one gaze. So we arrive. Her and I are walking, and I see two people. Um, one is clearly an older, tall man. And one is, this is important, when I saw the other person, the woman, I thought it was a younger girl. I thought it was someone maybe, I thought it was like an 18-year-old girl who was like my height and like maybe a little bit thicker. But like, I just remember clocking it as like a young girl with a boogie board mm-hmm. with her possible grandpa or dad. And I see a huge wave hit them, but it's the first break, which is also important because I think we underestimate People always think that going deep in the ocean is where you get hurt, but it's actually often the first break, which is that really strong first wave that hits the shore um, that gets really foamy and white and big. And I see them both get hit by the wave and both just, you know, just get totally taken by the wave and just completely disappear. And I turned to my mom and I was like, wow, people are getting barreled today. I literally said that to my mom. I look back, I see that the man is standing and I see that the woman is not. And I'm like looking closer and I'm like, is she okay? Like, you know, and then I also realized that the water is so clear that I did see her body go completely like face forward. So basically the wave came from her from from behind for both of them. You know, you should never turn your back to the ocean, you guys. Um, But it hit the back of her and then I did see through the wave that she had been vertical and I didn't, or horizontal, yeah. Like she just went completely horizontal. And for me, I've been hit by waves before so I didn't immediately think like, oh, there's a big problem here. I was just like, man, like that sucks. You get up, there's sand in your teeth and like, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking it's okay. And I look and I'm like, she's not coming up and I'm getting closer. And I'm like, I'm, all I'm seeing now is a floating lower back. I'm seeing the floating lower back of someone literally limp in the water. And I turn around, I'm like, someone has to go help her. So I immediately react. The second I realize that she is floating, I look around, I turn around. I'm like, I knew in my heart, I was like, I'm not strong. I'm not like a strong person that can carry someone out of the water, but you know, someone here definitely is. So I turn around and I, I yell at these two guys who are big and strong. And I say, she's passed out in the water. Like she's passed out in the water. We need to go help her. And I'm yelling. They don't spring into action and nobody's moving. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I immediately, this all happens in like a split second of me being like, she's passed out in the water. And then I like throw my hat off, throw my bag down. And I'm like, I have to, I, I don't know what to, I'm going to go get her. And then I run over there and in my head, I'm like, these men are behind me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, I just told them a very clear thing someone's passed Mm -hmm. on the water what's the next thing you do you take them out yeah and I you've led the charge you're not the lonely savior yeah and it's like I knew in my heart I'm not strong like that like and uh, I get there and this is the also the trippy thing that is probably the hardest thing that I can't wrap my head around I'll never have the answers to was so when I get into the water I realize that it's not a young girl it's actually an elderly woman who is triple my size And just for some reason, I just didn't think about that. But just not Mm -hmm. only is she triple my size, but she is passed out, which means dead weight, right? There's no part of her body that's helping to be supported. She's just dead weight. And so I go and I was able to flip her over like with her husband. This is the other crazy thing is that it ended up being 
an elderly couple but the thing about that's so crazy about the situation and also speaks to a human reaction is her husband was not reacting at all mm-hmm. and that's why part of it took so long to, for people to realize was because she didn't come up and he didn't scream and say like my wife didn't come up someone help he didn't try to get her out he was just confused and slow moving and I realized when I got to the water and I remember putting my arms under her armpit like one of her armpits to like you know hoist her up and he had the other one and I was like why is he didn't have strength like he was just frozen and I was like this is bad and it started and I was like she's too heavy for me like she's too heavy for me I'm not gonna do this alone once again nobody's coming to help us (laughs) I yelled. I literally wow. said, she is passed out in the water. And there's nobody behind me. There's nobody approaching. And I'm in my head, I'm still thinking, because I can't carry things alone, but I've always been able to carry something with another person, right? So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. he takes her, he takes her, you know, by her shoulders. I'll take her by the legs and we'll, like, drag her off. Still doesn't work. She's just heavy. The waves are coming. Another big wave is coming, I say. And then mm. finally, this guy reluctantly shows up. And he's sort of behind me. He's like slowly approaching. And once again, Wait, this so is a beach was it full like of people. All the people on the beach were sort of watching you. Was it like a they were spectators? Yeah, my mom, because my mom held back, which is good because she can't swim in the ocean. Yeah. And she just told me she was like, yeah, she was like, people were just watching, and she was like, my mm-hmm. mom's regret is not yelling more. She said I should have maybe pushed people more after your initial thing. Um, the other concept too is maybe these were tourists who are not familiar with the ocean and obviously weren't going to risk their lives. I clearly have been in the ocean a lot and wasn't afraid of like the first shore break and knew how to handle it. So there's a lot of aspects, but at the end of the day, it was a beach full of people and a lot of those people, it was not a life risk to go to the shore and pull somebody out. It just wasn't like, it wasn't deep water. It was like, it was so common sense. And so I'm over there and yeah, big thing. Her husband's completely silent, completely confused. I almost at one point felt like I was intruding in something because I was like, mm-hmm. he's not acting like this is an issue. I was like, it was like the yeah. energy just didn't match. I was like so clear that there's an issue here and we have to pull her out. And um, so I just think he was in shock. I think he was just frozen and we're just not moving. We can't move her. I literally, I remember my voice cracking and I was like, can somebody help? Like I was like, I got to that emotional point where I was like, this is crazy that nobody's helping. And then this guy reluctantly comes and literally I remember him coming next to me and saying like, all right, all right. Like in that annoying like dad way, like when there's clearly an issue and someone's like, all right, we got this. And I was like, this is not, (laughs) like this is not simple. Like I don't, it was, yeah, it was very, I just felt, (laughs) I don't know. And so I'm holding, at one point I'm holding her ankles while her husband is holding her sort of like in the armpit area and she I think she's awake because her eyes are open and her mouth is open right and I forget that when you pass out your eyes are open and so I'm looking into these like big blue eyes that are staring at me with that shocked face I think she possibly was dead by then and she's looking and then I say to her you're gonna be okay we got you you're gonna be okay because I think she's taking her first breath after we flipped her over no she was completely passed out I'm holding her by the ankles. Another big wave comes. I'm like, you guys watch out. A big wave is coming. Everyone gets like knocked over like pawns. Like it was like everyone lost their, it's like when you get tickled and you lose your muscles. Mm -hmm. It was like, I felt like everyone was just like failing in that moment. And I, and then finally two other guys came that were stronger and I got out of the way because I was like, I'm not helping. And I think that's when my like flight kicked in because I ran away 
crying once they were able to start like dragging her out and I was like that was so hard to see you know because I was looking in her eyes she was foaming at the mouth you know and it was one of those things where I was hopeful and then when I took a second I was like this is not a good situation and um and I was just so mad I was so mad that those men didn't follow me (laughs) sure I was mad that nobody listened to me I was mad that even if it was just like didn't have to be strong men even if it was just like three women or someone just like had that click of like all you got to do is just pull her out you know yeah yeah and I was just angry I was like someone's seconds from death and like I obviously couldn't do it alone like you know and then I think about her husband too I was like he was in shock I have so much sympathy for him but all he had to do is just turn her head you know what I mean like mm-hmm. even just turning her head out of the water like just there was so much that could have happened quicker and so they pull her out of the water. I run away and I'm crying. My mom's like, that was crazy. And like both of her, like, why didn't anyone help us? Like, why didn't anyone like yeah. do anything? And I'm like crying and I'm like leaving. And I was like, I can't be here. This is like so scary. And then I realized I couldn't leave without seeing like a happy ending. I was like, you know what? People get revived all the time. And mm-hmm. by that point, somebody on the beach was an off-duty medic. They ran over, they started you know, pumping her chest and everything. And it just gets to a point where it's just like, man, if someone's doing CPR for that long, you know that it's not, you know what I mean? So just Mm -hmm. like intense CPR, the kind, I didn't know this, but apparently like sometimes you have to break people's ribs. Have you heard about that? Yeah. And they were doing it so hard at that level. Yeah. Um, They were like, you know what? We might need to like, you know, do the electric, what is it called? The revival thing with the the electric pads. And there's no lifeguards on the beach also, but there were these, you know, fancy lifeguard towers that were locked up. People started just trying to break into the lifeguard tower. But it was like this moment where it was like when everybody was needed, nobody was there. And then when it was just way too late and like chaotic, everyone was involved. Everyone was crowding. Everyone was trying to break into the lifeguard tower. Everyone was crying. Everyone was calling 911. And she's just on the beach, you know, with her and just getting pumped and pumped and I'm like praying I'm like come on like I know it was like it was long it doesn't make sense really that she would live but she can live uh paramedics kind of finally come they take her I think they did the the paths whatever but it just you could tell you know she was losing color there was blood coming out of just like her random you know like nose ears you know what I mean like just it was like a gone body and I have never witnessed that and I witnessed a freak accident death on the beach I witnessed the bystander effect in full effect and I literally the second after that happened and they took her away and I was like sitting with it I was like I need to like research this to make myself feel better because I'm so angry at these people and Mm -hmm. I looked at the psychology of the bystander effect which we'll get into and that's really what helped me out um but basically the paramedics took her um and here's the other thing that also (laughs) is that when the police came to get a report everyone was running to give a report and admitting mm-hmm. that they saw her from the beginning that they Crazy. saw her get barreled by the wave and i remember i walked over and someone pointed at me and they were like oh she was the one she was the one who was in there first like actually you should talk to her but it was this weird moment that i also thought was really gross where it was like everyone was so excited to tell the story mm. you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. these were people i did not see in the water with me i did not see doing anything and I was like, okay, so you're able to tell the story just as I saw it, but you did not do anything. And I, I don't know, I made me, that was, pissed me off. And, um, yeah, and I remember there was this one moment that made me mad at the end where, like, the police guy was talking to me and I was like, I was like, is there any way to find out that she's okay? I was like, would a death be in the news? Is there any way for me to find out that this actually worked, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this girl who had done nothing... <laughs> 
nothing mm-hmm. but be part of the like story drama at the end was like i don't think it's a good idea to speculate and i was like were you there holding a body that you were trying to save and now oh. you just really want them to survive and i just i thought i mean maybe she didn't know that also I was what does that whatever, even but... mean like not good to speculate like what i know you... i didn't know what she was saying i was like it's not good are you trying to give me mental health advice like i shouldn't speculate i was like yeah i literally really want this woman to live <laughs> yeah and i want to find out if she did and so I was like, what? Did, and I just was like, I'm done with these people. Like, it was just ridiculous. And I, yeah, I, that's what happened. And I, at first I did have that feeling, which I really actively for my own health, like had to get rid of, which was like, if you were stronger, you could have done it. You know what I mean? If you yelled louder, you could have fig Cause it was so clearly like seconds from death energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where it was just like, yeah. maybe if I pointed at a different guy, maybe if I yelled louder, maybe if my mom kept yelling and stuff or you know, maybe if I ran in right when I saw her get barreled, you know, but I didn't know that Mm -hmm. it was that deadly, you know what I mean? Like, all these things, I just had to be like, I did my best, you know, Yeah. and that's it, and at a certain point, it's like, this situation, the ocean is strong, for all I know, she could have been dead the second that the wave hit her, because those waves will snap your neck, apparently, I've been talking about it with so many people, after realizing that this stuff happens all the time, goes unreported, and many people on this island have had this experience, um, and that's been really helpful but if the wave hits you in the back of your neck like you're done if you hit the sand immediately you're done and it's like you know there's nothing I could do about that but um yeah so the bystander effect was the thing that really stuck with me and just the way that people were obsessed with like the story and like telling the news and I was like you know just like how the news wants to be first and not right you know I was like yeah here's that on a smaller scale um and then anyways, I was really looking for the result. I was like, you know, of course, if it was a death, they would put it in the news. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, that's not true. They keep a lot of deaths out of the news. They report maybe, you know, one a year, <laughs> actually, Wow. Um, when there's tons. And um, I found out on a Facebook page called Maui 24-7 that someone actually recommended to me um, that they had posted about it. And someone said she did not make it and that she was from Colorado. And that's all the info that I really have um yeah and I was just I had never witnessed that and so I googled I remember actually long ago reading an article on the bystander effect um in psychology Mm -hmm. today and I was able to remember that and I literally on the beach like after I was like I need to read about this I need to make sense of this and it just made so much sense it fit the situation entirely um and if you are unaware of what the bystander effect is, it's basically the idea that if a bunch of people are watching a phenomenon, someone getting bullied, someone getting hurt, someone getting robbed, whatever, it is the more people who are watching, the less likely they are to interfere because psychologically we look at other people's social reactions to decide yeah. how to act. And yeah. this to me was so relevant because I even second guessed myself because her husband was so out of it. And he was not giving me any signals that she was in danger or that he needed help. That half of me was like, am I helping? (laughs) Even though clearly this was a passed out drowning person. And I just still, you know, went into action. I was also like, why did I go into action? And I was reading about it as well. And it says the way that you go into action is that if you're convinced that you're the only person who's seeing it. And so I was walking down the beach actively with my mom. We were walking, we weren't sitting yet. And so I feel like psychologically everyone else had been sitting on the beach and they were in a mode all together, you know, in a kind yeah. of like, you know, vigilant mode, but not in an action mode. And my mom and I had just arrived to the beach. I was 
I did feel at a, at a point, especially when I was, you know, it wasn't until later when everyone was sharing their stories and had seen her that I realized we all had seen her. But I really yeah. thought in that moment that I was the only person that spotted it. Yeah. Which is not true. Everyone saw it. Everyone saw that they were boogie boarding. Everyone saw what happened. Uh, yeah. And I really thought that I was the only person. And I think maybe psychologically, that's why I was like, nobody's seeing this. I have to do something. I have to yell. I have to run over. And um, that's another thing. But I'm also like, I am a reactive action solution person, you yeah. know? And I just think even if I was sitting there, I don't think I would have. I don't know. I just don't think there's any part of me that would ever see a floating body and just think, oh, let me, let me watch. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's a psychological effect. And my friend yeah. yesterday, I was telling her about it and she's like, I'm sure somebody was filming on a phone. She was like, it's hard for us to believe, but a lot of people just watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any experiences yeah. with the bystander effect or, you know? What is your take on all of it? Yeah, I mean, I learned about the bystander effect in AP Psychology um, with, like, the story of Kitty Genovese, who I think a lot of people probably know the bystander effect because of her. But yeah, it's even this article like, mentions her. Yeah, and so, like, the idea that Kitty Genovese died with 38 people listening in, it's, like, not, it wasn't correct. And it was kind of, like, it was something that was reported as, like, Genevieve's got knifed to death in a New York street while 38 people mm. listened. And, like, that mm -hmm. wasn't true, but it was a complicated situation because, like, this was um, back in the day when, like, being gay was illegal and she was a mm -hmm. lesbian and, like, the only real witness was a gay man and, like, he was, un he was scared to call the police because, like, mm -hmm. obviously police are bad in general, but mm -hmm. at that time, like, you could get arrested for being gay Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of a lot of complications with that story, which I've mm -hmm. only recently heard about. Um, but the bystander effect is something that I've always been aware of because of that story and because of AP mm -hmm. Psych. <laughs> and even to this day, like actually a couple days ago, um, like even I hear things in the neighborhood and I think of that story and I think of that effect. And it's mm -hmm. like I heard someone who probably was like, unfortunately, like a houseless person that was like crying like making loud noises just in the neighborhood and I thought like is that a murder being ha like like happening like should I call someone do I go find out like I shouldn't call the police like it's such a mm. systemic thing of like what do you do when you feel powerless in the situation mm. there's you know so it's actually something that's haunted me for my like entire life is that mm. feeling of like not doing the thing mm. um and I do think that because of that, I've always just been really aware of these situations. And mm -hmm. I actually took, like, a bystander intervention training um, a couple weeks ago the, like, um, to stop Asian American and um, xenophobic harassment training. Well, this was, like, an online course? It's an online course. It was just, like, an hour or so with um, Holla Back, if anyone is interested in looking it up, um, H-O-L-L-A-B-A-C-K. But it was a good experience because if anyone doesn't know how to spell holla back, um, well, it could like, be like holla. holla. I was like, like, that was a surprise. I was like, it oh, she's like, spelling <laughs> it because it ended in A. <laughs> nope, just spelling it wrong. Um, no, but it's interesting because, like, it was sort of a basic training, but it was also this thing of, like, I think people 
with the sort of thing with like harassment like people are afraid to to step in and be Mm. to be a small person and step in and be like hey big scary person like Mm -hmm. back off this person and that's not really what you have to do like there's they have like the five d's and one of them is like distract where you can like as corny as it sounds but like drop something in front of the situation or like walk by and be like oh shit like and like sneeze on someone like break the simulation yeah yeah exactly and then there's like divert which is like you walk in and be like hey like that's like hey like sister like let's go like mom's waiting in the car you know these things Mm -hmm. that like you don't really think of you don't have to immediately go into confrontation mode um Mm. and so I did actually find it a very interesting um seminar because like (laughs) my feeling is I'm a very non-confrontational in general but in Mm. those situations I get super hot and I would just immediately go in and be like get the fuck away from that like I know know that that's what I would do but that's also not the safest way yeah but it's not the safest way especially in Mm -hmm. like person-to-person confrontation um and so it was kind of nice hearing these different ideas Mm -hmm. although I know that like my fight or flight would just immediately be like yo like because it's Mm -hmm. it's really a psychological thing um but yeah I think also growing up my mom set a really good example of like never looking away from a situation like when Mm. I was really young I know this because it was before she was sick she like made my dad like stop the car at in an intersection so that she could get out and help someone and I don't remember what it was I don't know if it was an accident or I was so Mm. small but I was like, why is mama getting out of the car? Didn't that and my happen dad recently? Was like, I remember you telling me a story that, of her witnessing a, like a, someone getting hit oh, by a car yes. and nobody stopped but her. Yeah, so that was and another she thing. And she, yeah, she stopped. Someone hit someone in a crosswalk and she just held him and held him and kept saying, you're going to be okay. She made sure that someone called the police, but no one did anything. She was the only person that ran there, stayed with him in the middle of the street until the person, until the ambulance called arrived Mm. and like she also similarly they took him away and she was sort of like what's your name she was trying to get information because she knew she would want to know what happened to this to Mm -hmm. this guy and he was super out of it and he was just like I think my parents are coming or something like so Mm. tragic and she she was like okay well I have to just make peace with this like I can't Mm -hmm. but it was haunting her and then my dad and I were walking around that neighborhood two weeks later and my dad saw the guy in a wheelchair with a cast and a bunch of friends around Mm. him and they were picking up like beers (laughs) for like Uh this was like I think this was right before COVID actually yeah it was must have been right before COVID because they were all like going like getting beers Mm. going back to his house and he was he was like wow thank tell your mom thank you like whatever like she was Mm. the only person that stopped so I think thankfully I've always had that example and I do find it like really hard to like fathom those stories where no one does anything mm-hmm. um but it, it is a psychological thing too is like the diffusion of responsibility which I think I'm even thinking of maybe people seeing your mom with the guys like they look at it and they're like whoa this stresses me out but she's got it when in reality they mm-hmm. should walk over and be like do you guys need anything like are you set like you know who's gonna if your mom's alone there it's like maybe he needs water maybe there's something you can run over and get like there's always a way to like check and I'm yeah. also thinking with me in the water, it's, like, maybe people saw that because I was running in, like, I was, like, a pro, like, like I had it taken care of, you know what I mean? For and, like, sure, yeah. The implication that I had it taken care of because I was the only one springing into action when it was just, like, I literally did it because nobody was, 
you know maybe that's what happens in the brain is like oh they've got it taken care of you yeah. know no I was thinking just now about how I think we've talked about this wonderful story on the podcast of when I fainted naked in the in the spa oh I thought about um, that I thought about that I thought about so, that many times but like my friend was with me and she actually didn't see me fall because she was putting her her stuff in the cubbies but I think other people saw me fall and didn't do anything because they thought oh that girl is with that girl like Mm. that's her person that's her like responsibility and then I fainted Mm. again and that's when someone came over and only one person came over Mm. and was luckily a registered nurse off duty and was like let's pick you up we need to take you off like carried my naked limp body (laughs) like Mm-hmm. But, like, it's because they they thought that I had, like, my person watching over me. But mm-hmm. it's, like, that doesn't mean that Hannah was capable. This person was, like, a very strong woman, like, clearly used to lifting people, yeah. you know? And dead weight, I forgot about that as a thing. I forgot that usually when you're yeah. carrying people, they're, like, weirdly helping you somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought about your story a lot. And I was, like, that's what also gave me hope, too. Because I was, like, James passes out and she's fine. <laughs> and I was, yeah. like, th- you know, but it was not the same, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I thought about you a lot I thought about you being carried I literally like that was one of my like things I could touch on to make sense of the situation and like passing out and like dead weight and being picked up and whatever yeah um, it's a strange thing and I think I read in this article too that it's kind of you know what makes me sympathize with it is it's like the brain's way of avoiding stress and anxiety is like really just not you know you look at somebody Uh, struggling that will make you feel like you're struggling and I know that people Mm -hmm. act like there's empaths and there's not empaths but we're all empaths you know what I mean that's how energy works so if you see someone suffering you think about your own suffering you know or you feel like you're suffering like it's hard to watch people suffer and I think if we're not aware then that suffering will paralyze us into inaction you know and we think I don't want to feel this I don't want to feel this you know even me running Mm -hmm. away like I did initially the right thing but I did freak out and like run off eventually and feel so you know um afraid even though I wasn't really in danger you know and then also the aspect too it's as much as I want to be forgiving and be like well maybe these people didn't have experience with the ocean I'm like at least a handful of people definitely did and we're not afraid of the you know the first shallow break like for sure and um it was not you know me going in there didn't feel like I was risking my life at all (laughs) you know there was much stronger more capable people that you know it's weird but well it's also it must be like a very basic it may be must be a very basic level of survival where your brain says that person is in danger don't go there you know like yeah it doesn't make any sense on a logical level because the logical level is like help that person who is moments away from death Mm -hmm. but the brain is like oh like block that out and also saving yourself from potential trauma you know correct like seeing a dead body or anything like that I'm sure that stopped people yeah you know somewhere there in their wiring um and I guess we could sort of get into how I mean there is if you guys are interested this is just a wonderful article that I read literally years ago I think let's see when did it come out I don't know it doesn't say um but I literally remember reading this like at the register of when I worked at Blick at the register and I started really hating the job, I would like find so many ways to do other things. And one of them was reading Psychology Today articles at the register all day. And this is when I read this one. And it says how to be an active bystander. And it said, one technique is to convince yourself that you're the only person witnessing a problem. Mm -hmm. And it said often when one person takes action or at least 
uh, says, hey, what's going on? Others will be emboldened to take action. So it's really just like, it's so trippy to me because it felt like the Twilight Zone. And even reading the way that you overcome it to me just feels like there's a simulation and you need to like break it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like the simulation is the protective like human ego trying to survive you know yeah 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 um and it says they talked about that, that said, in the... oh god oh no say that no i love i'm very interested in your course please say that well they, <laughs> they talked about that in the course because one of the d's was delegate and it's basically like mm. if you feel afraid and you don't or you feel too like physically incapable or whatever delegate yes. responsibility like what you do is you transfer like because maybe you are the only person that sees it right like you walk down the mm-hmm. grocery aisle and like you're the only person in that aisle so you transfer mm-hmm. that responsibility that that singular responsibility to one more person and say like I Isn't saw this capable. I'm telling you like I'm getting like someone else to help mm-hmm. you go now like you're the person and I think totally. that's really like <laughs> you know just put someone in the fucking hot seat if you have to <laughs> Totally, totally. Yeah, and I feel like that was my instinct, but I also feel like if I were to go back and do it again, I think I would have been more direct because it was kind of a mm-hmm. general statement of like, she's passed out, we have to help her. And it's like, well, who has to help her? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I made eye contact with these strong guys and like sort of pointed at them, but like... You're like, nose goes. Yeah, it felt like anyone could have taken it or not. Like, nobody knows who I am. Like, they probably only heard yeah. half that statement. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I were to be in that situation again, I probably would have been like you know way more like just a better director essentially and been like you over there like are you comfortable like come on let's go run like right now like um you know someone call 911 like someone call a medic like all this stuff just happened too late because Mm -hmm. of the lack of communication and the lack of direction like everyone there was just fucking like did not know you know um yeah but it said here that said, an active bystander is most effective when they assume that they themselves are the sole person taking charge, giving mm-hmm. direction to other bystanders. And so this kills um, this, like, feeling of, like, everyone looking at one another. It creates, like, mm-hmm. a leader. You know what I mean? Um, and it's like, what does that tell us about human nature? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're kind of... Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we I also need... think in those moments of high stress, you want direction, Absolutely. We all think Very that true. we're Very like true. the hero, but that's actually not true. We're we're like we are people that grew up in small communities, and like there mm-hmm. was a hierarchy in the small communities, and we knew who to look to when like the animals were chasing us. Like it made mm-hmm. sense in that way, and so I think reforming that part of your brain in those moments is really important. Because the thing is, in those moments, you're acting on a primal instinct. That's good. Um, I just want to say. We're already 40 minutes in, but I'm really excited to talk about the branding stuff. Um, But yeah, anything else in the bystander effect? I think it's one of those things that's innocent. I think it's innocent. I think everyone on that beach was innocent. Uh, And, you know, not everyone had the experience I did of, like, emotionally investing and wanting to save some, you know what I mean? And I don't feel as angry as I did in the moment or with that girl. anymore you know especially knowing that it's literally like a psychological phenomenon and not like I just happen to be around the worst people (laughs) you know yeah Yeah, absolutely just my luck the beach was I do think it's insane to me that this is a touristy beach and they don't have lifeguards on duty 
Oh, yeah. And this happens daily. It was, like, the next day after this happened, because I was looking at the Maui 24-7 Facebook actually reports um, everything. You know, the Maui now has, like, five stories a day, and they're always, like, you know, whatever. But the Maui 24-7 reports, like, crashes. And so the two, like, main things that happen that people should be talking about more is just lifeguardless beaches that are crowded with tourists and people who don't understand the ocean getting literally their necks snapped daily um dying or nearly dying um and then there's this really strange bike tour on the island that doesn't make sense because Mm -hmm. unless you're in like certain areas most of the island has like two main highways kind of like just big highways and so to bike ride on the shoulder of a highway to get around the island is really dangerous It went the wrong way. Are you drinking a Topo Chico or did you fill a Topo Chico with water? I've had a cough. Um, <laughs> it's a Topo Chico with still water. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Balance. Yeah. I love the bottle. It looks vintage, even though Thank I know you. it's classic. Um, I got it two days ago. <laughs> but yeah, every day there's like a bike riding issue and a... But it just goes unreported because, I don't know. I mean, I could and say that And that road, my... right? The road to Hana? people like the road to hana is really not well people do the road to hana that's also another thing that's not you know it's very dangerous and it's like advertised at this as this like amazing like jurassic park like tourist attraction like drive down this road and see waterfalls and la 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 and like there are some warnings but i literally like people have issues all the time just like they do in the ocean where it's like if you're not like, it's literally a road that most of the road is, if you make one mistake, you're off a cliff and you're dead. Like, there's not a lot of shoulders. The road itself is a single road that you share with, you know, both directions. There isn't a divide. No. Yeah, it's super windy. So, <clears throat> I had my, I was on the road to Hana so much because, you know, my island lover <laughs> was mm-hmm. there. And so, we do the drive all the time. And he was a master at it because he's been driving it for years. But um, the tourists were terrible drivers, just super scared, you know, st- stopping in the wrong places. One time um, we were behind this Jeep and you can always tell who the tourists are because the rental cars are either like a Jeep, a convertible or like just, you know, overly flashy like GMCs. And it's like, Ooh, OK, <laughs> like a nice try. But it was like a silver, like fun Jeep in front of us with this like sort of middle aged couple. And they're in front of us and something that, you know, uh, island lover always uh warned me of whether you're hiking whether you're driving is that you'll think that the cliff is longer than it is because of tall grass but you don't Mm. know if it's tall grass or land so never ever take that chance because if you step and you think oh there's just more grass it could just be really tall grass or like angular glass and it's actually just a cliff so i saw that happen with a driver in front of us where they literally just like lightly maneuvered to the right to get out of the way because like i said there's no divide you're literally squeezing by cars the entire road he gets out of the way a little bit mistakes the tall grass for just more cliff luckily the cliff wasn't like a real like (laughs) there's a lot of cliffs that are very disastrous like you're off you're off it was like kind of more slanted so the car but still so scary so he goes off the cliff and i saw the car just like go almost like like not complete almost flip completely like they were so angular and they were so scared um and then how did they get out how did they get out 
Well, someone just puts in a report, and then, like, the one tow driver, apparently there's one tow driver in all of Hana, because Hana is a huge uh, span of land with less than a thousand residents, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of sort of, like, pimped out as, like, a tourist destination, even though the people there, that's probably where the most kind of, like, local, like, Hawaiian, like, farmers, fishermen, all those people live. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it was the main place where I saw, like, tourists and, like, local tensions and really, like, understood it in the sense that it was, like, you know, you're pimping out this dangerous road and then there's people who actually are great at driving it and, like, need to use it for their lives. And then you have all these, like, yeah. crashes and, and bad drivers and traffic. And, like, for what? Like, you know, it's just... Um, so there's a lot of things going into, um, like, talks going into how to... Like, maybe making people pay the toll or pay a toll to yeah. drive through. All these things are happening. But basically, yeah, that's just another part of Maui that's quite dangerous and, like, people don't talk about. Um, yeah. <laughs> So that happened. Wild. It's been a few days. Wild. Yeah. Who knew? Who yeah. Knew? I mean, that was a, when you texted me, I was just like, I mean, it just sounds like a literal nightmare going through that. Yeah, I texted James was the first person I texted. Oh. <laughs> You're always good in a crisis. I remember when that other thing happened that gave me PTSD. Um, and I mm-hmm. messaged you. You were really helpful in making sure I didn't tie myself to the narrative too much. You know, because I had another friend. Um, Long story short, I just got, I had a bad situation. I got, like, grabbed. I had PTSD for a year. But when it immediately happened, um, I, like, texted two people. And James was, like, very, like, helpful and was, like, it's okay. You know, these random things happen. Like, whatever, I'll be home soon. And then my other friend was, like, that's so terrible. The world is so terrible, you know. And I was, like, Mm. no, 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 no. Like, I don't need to go there. You know what I mean? Like, and same with the situation is, like, I could see myself making these grander, claims on what's wrong with humanity and how death is so sad but it was really just like the ocean took a person today and like that happens you know and it's like that's what you need to do I think for you just like your to survive really you know is just be like yeah yeah you know this isn't this crazy narrative of like defeat it's just like it was deeply unfortunate you know yeah it's a practice of Mm non-attachment which we have to always have I mean I even told myself it's like first she was old she was elderly so that's like she lived a whole life right Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you know if you think about how the death happened it's like she was on the most beautiful beach in Maui and then suddenly was gone it's like it was probably painless you know like yeah one second you're frolicking a wave next second you know you're in heaven (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I do yeah I feel better now but yeah the first couple days I would just tell the story and I would just like bawl like when I was like telling my dad I was like he told me a really interesting story, though, that I loved, that I think that would be how my last bystander effect share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do want to say, too, that it was other people's stories of the bystander effect that really helped me heal, um, including this, like, Hawaiian guy at the beach two days ago, this, like, older man that I just got in a conversation with, and he told me about how he, like, rescued a girl out of the water, and everyone was just, like, staring and not reacting, and it just, like, I, it just helped me, like, form this thing of, like, this is natural, but something that my dad, the story my dad told me after I, like, told him the drowning story was, um, when he was in Brazil in his early 20s, and my dad was skinny when he was, like, you know, he wasn't, like, a strong guy, he, like, was skinny and, like, played soccer, um, he was in Brazil, and he saw a van, a big VW van, hit a guy on a bike, and the guy hit the ground. He said nobody was, even the guy in the van didn't know what to do. He was just frozen. Everyone was just looking. 
And my dad runs over, grabs the guy off the bike, throws him in the van, and says, go to the hospital right now. My dad's covered in blood, takes him to the hospital, drops him off. And he was like, yeah, he was like, nobody did anything. He was like, uh, even the driver, even the guy who hit the guy didn't think to immediately come out. He just was, like, stuck. And uh, my dad said he, like, didn't find out anything after. And then years later, actually, no, the best part of the story is he said he woke up the next morning and couldn't lift his arms. Whoa. Because he got fight adrenaline, right? I don't think I, I yeah. clearly didn't get that when I was doing this. And I was like, yeah. where was mine? I was like, where was my big arms? <laughs> yeah. Where was my surprise strength? Um, and he said in the morning he just he couldn't lift either of his arms because he just had an adrenaline rush, picked up this guy who was like much heavier than him, threw him in a van. Wow. And I was like, and he was wow. like, I couldn't lift my arms. And then years later he said the guy was like a delivery person or something and like came to his house and he was like he was totally fine walking healthy working and my dad was like do you remember me and he didn't know of course and then he was like i picked you up and put you in a van one day yeah (laughs) wow (laughs) crazy you don't hear you don't hear about this stuff you know i don't know yeah these like people fucking I definitely don't want to attract any more of these situations, but I feel like if there was another, I could handle it better. (laughs) And we all could after listening to this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I'm definitely going to take CPR classes because I've always wanted to, and now's a good time. I did baby CPR once. Why don't we do it together? Yeah. Because I had to do baby CPR when I was a babysitter as a teen, and that shit was crazy because I just, I think a baby would, I don't know, like the baby you put it on your knee. Yeah. <laughs> you need CPR now. I'm kidding. <laughs> I have to finish painting the garage because it's like dusty and moldy in here. <laughs> oh my god. James. Anything for the pod. <laughs> oh my god. Also, my allergies have been inflamed as fuck this, this year. So. Uh, that's something I'm not looking forward to is like Hawaii made me so healthy like mm-hmm. i have zero allergies ever and then in la it's like constant i know like, you need to use I'm that humidifier very true that really helps me yeah that'll be part of my life but yeah and clean it definitely... out all the time because mine got moldy and now i'm afraid to use it even though it's probably fine and it was black so you can't tell <laughs> right Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm also just I saw this one girl like with a toxic mold incident and I'm just like fuck man like keep that keep it away from me I don't want to take any chances so just I'm probably going to get a fresh one but as long as you keep them clean they're fine yeah yeah I left, yeah, my mom's I left really water in mold. mine for like two months because we were moving and I picked it up and I was like hmm it's pretty hairy <laughs> <laughs> seems like there's more than just water in here <laughs> yeah, oh I well. filled it up how nice <laughs> when I you gave me that humidifier that was black and I when I left to come here I gave it to my mom and she was like why is it black you won't be able to tell if it's moldy and I was like you know (laughs) I don't know yeah you're not wrong seeing ignorance is bliss no just kidding bystander effect to the mold (laughs) yeah for real (laughs) the black humidifier is like just like epitome of that (laughs) yeah um dang but yeah life life be going still love the ocean yeah and then after that i would see old people going in the water and i was like you freaks (laughs) i was like so mad at everyone turn back 
But there was a redemption in the sense that after that, I went to another part of the beach and just sat there and was, like, figuring it out. And this, like, really old couple was so good at the waves. Like, it was so cute. Like, the old man would, like, dive under the big waves and then come up, like, clapping. And I was like, okay, people are here. People are – people know. Aww. Like, yeah. Got some, some relief. Um, <laughs> just keep going back to the story. So, <laughs> should we go into our branding <laughs> segment? Should we, like, yes. take the weight off, go back to surface-level internet vibes? Internet Absolutely. illusions that eventually permeate okay um yeah so self-branding is something that i've been thinking about recently because of you um telling me that i need to up my (laughs) self-branding game um and so i brought this topic up for the pod which i feel like is i mean was surprising for me because i'm such a novice um and so i think something that i've been exploring recently is how to self-brand without feeling inauthentic because Mm. I had sort of personally I had been like if you self-brand it's like a form of like not allowing yourself to be like the enigma can I just say I Mm -hmm. don't I don't think I told you to self-brand I told you to share more (laughs) because I think there's Uh, a difference you know what I mean uh, yeah so (laughs) I guess because I just like that's just not a word that would come out of my mouth (laughs) Well, no, you didn't say that. You didn't yeah. say that. I just... Yeah. But I think there is, like, inherently in... I guess we should discuss what self-branding means. Because my understanding mm-hmm. is, inherently in sharing more, you learn to self-brand because you um, create something that you're sharing. Like, you create mm-hmm. a palatable brand to share with people. Mm-hmm. And brand is, like, a trigger word almost at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, you create a product. You create your persona to share. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's how I took it as, like... I didn't really think immediately, like, okay, time to self-brand. But it's, like, sort mm-hmm. of through sharing more, you figure out, like, what version of myself am I sharing? Like, how it's much of myself? It's the inevitable result. Like, even someone who's, yeah. you know, applauded for being genuine and is, like, their brand is being genuine. Yeah, like, no matter what. Yeah. Which is a big part of yeah. it. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't explicitly say, James, time to, like, Yeah, I just want to make brand. sure you guys know yeah. that I don't <laughs> operate that way. Like, I'm not, like, self-brand yourself. Like, I'm literally just, like... No, not at yeah. all. But that does end up happening. Yeah. And so I like that that's the understanding too because it's like yeah if you share more if you learn to like even being an artist you know even being the most contemporary like cool old lady artist it's like you still mm-hmm. have a brand you know yeah. yeah unintentionally intentionally wherever um mm-hmm. but something you and I were talking about was that self-branding is not new but we're acting like it's new <laughs> yes and so it's funny because I was talking to my dad of course <laughs> And I was saying, like, I'm going to, like, I was, like, I'm going to share more. And, you know, he doesn't know social media at all. Mm -hmm. And his take was, like, well, you know, Mark Twain was, like, one of those people that, like, the personality brought people to the readings. And, like, he, like, brought himself. Mm -hmm. And then – and I was even thinking about, like, one of my idols, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who, like, was a character, like, had this persona. Mm -hmm. Like, and then his ideas – you know, kind of followed even Thoreau, like Thoreau's brand was being this curmudgeonly guy that like spent fucking time at the lake, Mm -hmm. you know, like he created this persona that people bought into. And then, and then Mm -hmm. Walden was like, Oh, okay. I guess this is what he's writing. Like, I guess we all know what he's about and this is why it matters. So a piece of him, my first, yeah. Um, like contemporary art mentor back when I was like 18, like something she said that stuck with me was she was like, people buy your art for a piece of you no matter what Mm -hmm. she was like your first 
your first sales are going to be your friends, your coworkers, your family, because they know you already. <laughs> and then yeah. as you build like a community and a reputation, you'll make more sales because people know you, but they always want a piece of you, right? It's always about, you know, I, of course, I automatically think of like Dali and it's like, you see this guy like doing his thing, being this character and you're like, what's he on about? I want to be part of it. And then all of a sudden, well, whether you're like getting Warhol. a, oh, totally. Yeah. Such a persona. Yeah pre-instagram personas you know if twiggy made art you know i'm sure she did but if she made tons of art she probably would have been (laughs) in the books you know what i mean simply because she had that level of influence where people wanted pieces of her wanted her interpretation of the world um yeah completely and like yeah we act like now it's like you know and the word brand it is sort of like you said triggering in the sense that like even you saying that I said I use that word I was like I didn't you guys (laughs) um it is a funny word because I think the word itself speaks to like almost like an intentional commercialism you know like when you say brand it Mm -hmm. implies that you and I sat down and said let's create the illusion pod brand when really this is a manifestation of like who we've always been um Mm -hmm. and I think it's funny how I don't know. Some people. It also don't speaks to like commodification, that. which is exactly, kind of like which is that's a good word. Yes. Yeah. Like oh, this was yeah. designed for like a specific purpose. Like we sat for down capitalism. and made like a marketing plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when in reality, it's like I think literally like maybe almost a hundred percent of the people I know who are maybe influencers or creators, it's like who they are is who they've always been it's just now they have a bigger audience yeah. and yeah you know maybe they like me I, I put some of my phrases on a shirt or something and you could say oh this is just a brand but it's like it is me and then these are just extensions you know yeah yeah and it genuinely yeah. feels that way I don't yeah. even know how how would you create a, a brand I guess if you're like an actor you know what I mean like if you're into performing like, I don't really right. get off on pretending to be another person, but I think some people are really enjoy that, like, taking on other personas. Like, Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, she had her. Mm-hmm. Some people work out of a persona. I even think Drake does. I saw an interview with him where he was so... Oh, yeah. And he really just has this, like, clear-cut character. It's like, someone was saying he's like Mickey Mouse. Like, he always looks the same. Mm-hmm. He keeps the same energy throughout, and, like, that's his character, but that's not 100% who he is. You know, it's, like, a piece but he's he keeps it really airtight you know um yeah but even if you don't keep it airtight you're still a brand I don't keep it airtight I do whatever I want really you know yeah and that is your brand yeah people are like you're so genuine you're so vulnerable and I'm like well aren't we all (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. self-branding yeah then even if you aren't even (laughs) a page or don't even have a service it's like your brand is that you know (laughs) your brand is being a tech guy well, I think what it is is like unmystifying the brand, the word the brand, mm-hmm. because if you, and I think the brand is connected in a lot of ways to social media and really like totally. thinking about historically, like, you know, Emily Dickinson had a brand, Sylvia Plath had a brand, mm-hmm. like <laughs> we just didn't think about it in those terms, but all these people who we think of as like these forces that come from within mm-hmm. and there's nothing like them, it, the, it, it was a brand. Mm-hmm. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think what it is is also just making yourself more um, palate, not palatable is the wrong word, but more accessible for people so that you can get your work out to more people, which is really mm-hmm. what I was thinking about and why I talked to you in the first place is like, how do I share what I think is important? And like, how how does that 
work and you were just like you have to learn to share more of yourself first and then that that to me was like oh okay like I haven't spent time (laughs) creating a brand that's accessible like I'm sort of Mm. just like this enigma which I love but it's Mm. that doesn't work with the world that we live in and it never has really you know Mm -hmm. or just learning how to be enigmatic like how to like just basically like what's coming to my head is just like how to film your enigma nature you know what I mean but learning the angle Mm -hmm. that shows who you are you know it's very interesting self-branding I was thinking what was I thinking I was thinking of something oh the concept something that came to mind too I will never forget this but someone messaging me once like I did something I hung out with someone and someone was like oh girl this isn't good for your brand and I was like Mm. what brand I was like the Mm -hmm. brand where I literally live my life and like share Mm -hmm. my takes I was like what are you talking about and then I realized that people think of me that way that I'm sort of this like complete idea you know yeah yeah (laughs) but I thought that was sad I thought that was a really sad take like for that person's brain to work that way I remember thinking that was a little bit disheartening and made me realize that like the way I experienced the internet is a a bit different than other people you know um yeah but yeah this is bad for your brand and I was like what freaking brand dude (laughs) yeah well I guess I've always thought of brand as like a funny word like like Mm Jesus and Meryl say like the brand is strong and it's like it's making it this joke on like yeah it can be yeah the brand and And so I guess that's why I like approached it yeah yeah as it should I think Um, Like, I have a friend who's, like, a dorky SpaceX coder, and he's always, like, you know, how on brand is, like, me eating a pickle at 2 a.m., you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of, like, it feels like the modern way to say, you know, like, this is an authentic portrayal of myself. Like, this is, like, the meme of me. Like, I was even talking, I was talking to Chris about it, and Chris is very, like, not, uh, Chris is my boyfriend. And I say as if I haven't been on the pod. Another part of your brand. <laughs> but no, he's, but he's like, he's not really an Instagram person. He doesn't really post stories mm. unless it's about his work. He barely, he only posts photos of his work. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of like not an Instagram person. He mm. didn't even know what a geotag was. I was like, isn't it funny that geotags? And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> he doesn't, you know. So I was talking to him about it and I was like, you even have a, ba- a brand, Chris. Like you are like the mad professor that like people film you doing like funny things and like you're always look like harried but you figure it out and (laughs) it's like the you know like and he was like I guess so and people will like send photos of him being like is this you and it'll be like a zoomed in photo of him in like the desert and his arms are doing something weird and it's like he always wears like button-up shirts and his shoes also his shoes carried his shoes yeah you got them and then Minnie got them and then Graham got them Oh, yes, the brand is strong. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I guess it's funny as long as people are, like, aware that, like, we all have a brand. Like, that person being like, this isn't good for your brand. It's like, you realize, like, you're literally just saying in different words, like, I don't, that I don't like that you did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't fit into my idea of you. Like, that's what you're saying. So, like, I guess mm-hmm. it annoys me, like, that comment or that kind of stance on branding annoys me because it implies that like we solely create an experience and try to keep it airtight when we're all just like being like completely like human and figuring shit out and like trying to get our art out there and like have a good time you know 
and then yeah there's this implication that we all operate like companies do and we just don't you know what I mean like the brand thing is a joke but then when people take it seriously like that person messaging me it's like that's when I'm like wait 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 is it okay that we're using these words because we're telling people to treat people like companies which literally get together a bunch of different people and create an idea not a human being you know I always say you can review a service you can review a product but you can't review people you know what I mean yeah and yeah we think that like the people that we follow it's like you know they have to give us something that we expected it's like no we're not products and services you know we're not we're yeah. a bit cyborgian but not enough to right. um you know brand yeah no it's true it's like does is the benefit of the word brand outweigh the the negatives mm. i don't know i just think i just always thought it was funny but i also have been faced with like someone questioning <laughs> questioning me yeah with it. i was also, also I like mean, i yeah. had <laughs> I, I had a troll. Did, did you see this? I texted the group, and I feel like you were with your mom, but I had, like, a troll recently. That... Oh, I did not see that. Please tell me. Yeah, I okay. did not look at my okay. phone when I was with my mom. So she, <laughs> or not she, whoever it was, created an Instagram account. <laughs> Probably she. No, Speci- <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm being sexist. My own sex. Um, so <laughs> I don't even know. No, so this person created a Instagram account, clearly just made it, like, they followed mm-hmm. a few people that were also named James that I followed, which was, like, probably oh, trying to oh, psych me out. So freaky, yeah. So freaky, yeah. And then um, the, the thing was, like, some random handle. I don't even remember what it was. And no posts. Um, and the title was, the, the caption in the bio was, like, get over yourself. And, <laughs> and then they responded to the story that I posted of me, like, I purposely shuffled out into the living room and sat on the wall, like did like a wall sit because we didn't have a couch. And so I did like a fake with my mask on. So I did like a thing where like my, I had my mask on with no, no mouth and I didn't have a couch. And it was like a 30, a three second video that I had Chris (laughs) film because I thought it was funny. And the person responded to me and was like, what do they say? It was like, it was a specific thing. Oh, they said like, Dude, LMAO, you look like a 50-year-old spinster. Is that what you're going for now? Okay. And- <laughs> I just want to say that person messaged me, too. Sorry, I've been holding my tongue, but since you said the get-over-yourself bio, I was like, that person tried to no troll me, too, and way. I was just like, okay, nice try. Yeah. Does that make okay. you feel better that, so- like, this person's just kind of going around? <laughs> well, okay, that's also what I assumed, and so we were in the group text with our friend that our, our group text and she was like do you think it's someone from your old job and I was like no I'm pretty sure it's like a like a <laughs> Saisun me hater like like a dual I know hater. yeah <laughs> like I was like immediately just like oh it's just some random person who probably like didn't like something we said on the podcast or something <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and like so but I also was like I was like dude I had, then I had our friend look at the story and it was like the Hamsa like the evil eye with like the the hand <laughs> And that was all that was in their story. And I was like, this is so dumb. Like, you're making so much work for yourself. But I also was like, that is kind of my brand. It's 50-year-old spinster with youthful vibes. Like, I'm not offended by that. Like, I know. I know. Same. The person. Okay, what's <laughs> funny, too, is that same person, I think, messaged me. Because I remember being like, who is this? And seeing, like, a get-over-yourself thing. And I was like, okay, this is, like, a planned. Like, <laughs> they made this account to message me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they wanted me to see it. <laughs> But they said something and they basically, which I've gone a few times where people like accuse me of being like indulgent and like obsessed with myself. And I'm like, my whole thing is that I'm indulgent so that I can like understand the world. Like I indulge everything. Mm -hmm. Like 
I want mm-hmm. my artists to be indulgent. You know what I mean? Like I expect my artists to be so indulgent that I get like all the tea, right? So then I'm yeah. indulgent. You know, I go in and out of it, but so it's like for them it's like a criticism but for me it's like I, I know what I'm doing <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like you know what you're doing yeah. like but we're the yeah. ones having fun with it baby um but no I, I just immediately blocked did you block them I blocked them yeah did you do the yeah. thing where you like block and block every other account they make I do that now I love it I don't think they gave me that you don't option have that option yet. That. okay it's probably rolling no. out I think I got it pretty early because um I now have this option where it's fucking cool. Like, you block someone and it says block them and every account they may create or just block them. And now I'm just like, okay, can't make another get over yourself account. But About damn time. Try. And then I just imagine yeah. them trying and I'm like, wow. <laughs> so but nice. people will, you know, and then there was people, I think, in our reviews. I don't look at our reviews often, but I look like a while ago. And somebody was trying to, like, turn us against each other. Oh, that was hilarious. And I was like, we met at the friendship <laughs> tree when we were like you know three and four <laughs> it's like it was also sorry, clear that they understand. didn't listen to the podcast when they when they wrote the review where they're like james is eloquent and it's like i personally know that i'm not eloquent and that's okay it's my charm like you didn't <laughs> listen to the podcast like you just didn't you just said know, something I'm not to trying, say something yeah. yeah this is like i want this pod to sound like too like <laughs> la raised or someone i loved okay <laughs> one of what somebody wrote like like, they give us one star, and they're, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, L.A. airheads mm. trying to sound deep. And I was, like, I mean, yeah, like, I am an L.A. Yeah. girl. I do find you depth in everything. You mean podcast, one of the most popular podcasts? <laughs> you mean Gwyneth named her child Apple is an icon? <laughs> um Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I just remembered. This all comes together. But the person, yeah, the get over yourself. I think they were like, "You're just a typical LA girl." And I was like, "Of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I was born there." <laughs> I was like, "I yeah. love being an LA girl." Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Um, ding, ding, ding. And it's yeah. You can't hate from outside the club. You can't even get born mm-hmm. in the Santa Monica Hospital. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think LA yeah. is fucking amazing when you just accept that it's not against you. Like LA wants you to celebrate and party. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think people have yeah. this idea I mean, of like LA is this, you know, whatever. LA's amazing. But yeah, glad we both had a <laughs> we, we had, had a, a twin troll. <laughs> yeah, we had a twin troll. <laughs> kind of cute. Yeah, I was I mean, I'm happy to hear that you had it too cuz I also was I thought like this must be just like a a duo thing and I was totally yeah. right. My instinct Probably was an illusion right. pod thing. I think podcast people get a lot of heat because it's so unfiltered, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. so many things you could say at any given point and like you know. And then yeah. people get mad if you're relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I so think that's funny. so funny though like the, I it's funny I missed that message I'm glad you brought it up that we both yeah yeah I just oh, love yeah, 50 year old spinster is so like specific and that's like uh, like it's like too specific to be a good insult is really what I felt yeah 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 <laughs> and yeah like you said that's kind of a character that you sometimes play into you know for fun yeah I'm know? I'm like, like literally cookie. an old woman like I am an old woman <laughs> And guess what? My boyfriend filmed the video, so I'm not a sister. <laughs> yes, and also, what? like, he's an old man in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Totally. We're just an totally. old couple. 
with a dog well, that's too I love young us. for us. <laughs> Me too. I love who we are. <laughs> What's not to Man, love? I really don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess in conclusion, um, don't take brands so seriously. Don't take people's self-branding so seriously. I also, you know, I want to say that, like, it's just wild how so many things have different words, but self-branding is actually, it sounds so commercial and lame, and you think of, you know, you think of, like, an influencer being like, every morning, I'm going to show you this, you know, which is Mm -hmm. fine, also. I don't have anything against that, but I think that's what comes to mind for people when in reality, even if you're the most, like, contemporary, cool painter, you know what I mean? It's like, you have a brand, and that's part of it, and, like, when you go to art school or like when you have conversations you know with a mentor or something about how to be it's like they do tell you to have you know some discipline in your work because you end up being known for what you repeat you know what I mean repetition is so powerful what you repeat what you become the icon for like why do we call people icons what is an icon it's literally like a logo (laughs) you know what I mean it's like a symbol Mm -hmm. that carries you to an idea everything is symbols once again this brings us back to symbols it's like you know if you're the symbol of being enigmatic and that's the where you you know carry people through your work and your identity like that's what that is you know what I mean but then again yeah. that same same uh same thing applies to someone who's you know becomes a symbol of I don't know like hunting or like guns or something you know what I mean it's like we all like everyone is is branded at the end of the day you know yeah Maybe the point is to be intentional, intentional with your branding or just understanding that, you know, branding is the same thing as being your human avatar, as being an artist. That's how I feel about iconography. it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the it kind of goes back to the observer and performer thing where like the performer is the brand and then the observer is like the person who's kind of like, oh, this is that brand, you know, and everyone else is watching that brand. And that mm-hmm. kind of frees up the observer to be the enigma, to be, like, this fluid being, you know. it's That's how I'm kind of looking at it at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because at the same, in the same way, it's all the same person. Like, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about non-duality recently, and I've talked about it in the mm-hmm. newsletter. But, like, this concept of, like, this, it is all the same being. Like, we are all the same. Like, I think... I don't know if you've explored how much you've explored non-duality, but mm. I read about it a lot a long time ago, especially with um, Tish Nhat Hanh, Pieces Every Step, which is a mm. wonderful book. But I kind of has kind of like gone to the back of my subconscious. But I think that that is one of those core concepts that's almost so basic that we don't think about it enough. Mm. And that is sort of the same thing too, where it's like you can't really separate the, the brand from the person and like thinking that mm. the brand is an exterior thing that's like evil or growing and like we're mm. completely made up you know it's all we're we're all like just the same like we're all everything we do is connected like i don't know also like hot take finding, but i feel like it that. takes like i feel like it takes a level of like stupidity honestly to think that like a brand like that people are commercial like i know that some people are but i just don't think i don't know i just can't i can't wrap my head around not understanding like you said that like it's like I guess we could say an infinity symbol it feeds into each other of like the brand and the ever-changing human are like constantly you know Mm -hmm. Mm um yeah I I couldn't I don't know like (laughs) on what (laughs) earth no in what world 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Branding. Non-duality, yeah. Binary thinking probably has a place in this, you know? Yeah. You're either manufactured or... I had this thought. I don't even think this has to do anything, but I just want to say it. But I was on the beach yesterday, and I was like, the reason we have not unlocked telepathy is because Mm. everyone would know everything. Because I was thinking, how cool would it be? Like, I just dream of when I could just download info and I don't have to speak anymore. And... Mm -hmm. I was like, the reason Same. why our, we haven't evolved telepathy probably is because it's such a hierarchy of, like, like communication or, like, knowledge and everything, like, keeps a hierarchy that satisfies the ego, you know? Like, this person knows this, this person knows yeah. this, this person speaks this language. And, like, to unlock telepathy, we'd have to, like, give all of that up, which is, like, so mm. out there. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's like, people Absolutely. aren't ready to, to mold into one. Like, we all want to be, like somewhere in our we still want the illusion of of separation yeah totally but we would have it we would have and i was like but that's what i'm saying is that's why non-duality is so important if we were finally Mm. able to accept that and like really feel it as a truth and live that way Mm. everything would be different like the entire world like would be different suffering Mm. would be suffering wouldn't be there because we wouldn't be holding up this illusion of separateness which is like the core of suffering Mm mm-hmm yeah and then we would have telepathy and it would be sick (laughs) i know we would just mold i really think that like the evolved version of us which i even see signs of that happening in the sense that reproduction is like becoming like not a thing you know it's like i don't know just like these blobs that don't need to like have sex or talk (laughs) Mm -hmm. did you listen to that podcast on how our population is dwindling no but i would love to and i know you sent it to me and i think it was while my mom was here but any, yeah, any quick, to it. we could even talk about it on the next podcast in depth oh my god <laughs> and then you could do a meditation on like the population is dwindling <laughs> and it's okay <laughs> i'm joking imagine if your meditations were so direct like after this one you were like you're on a beach <laughs> no i'm kidding you're on a beach and everybody <laughs> no but the bystander effect does not exist in fact anything is possible we're not we're not talking about the bystander effect <laughs> ever ever again (laughs) (laughs) oh god um i can't wait to go i know i can't wait for us to record in person i know on like your deck and just be like we should do a special we should do a special thing where we like do like a drinking game on our first one or something like do something crazy (laughs) yeah we're like you guys we're together yeah something with french fries yeah think of it eat french fries with us that would be easy so cute That's all we do that'd be so fun i love that <laughs> okay brandy poo brand 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 you know branding a cow you put the fire stoke this is my cow yeah. <laughs> and uh, um brand what is the brand Whenever you repeat stuff, I always think about when we were in high school and you would have a crush and you'd say their name over and over and over. Like, it was, like, very conjury vibes. You would be Wait, like, really? Cameron, 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 Cameron. You do. You would do that. You would either text it to me or you would just say it out loud like you were summoning them. Really? <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I would. I would do that. That's really You were funny. just so excited and you would just say it because you love their name. And I always was like, wow, that's a real crush. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. I would also like after I saw the Virgin Suicides when I was in high school, I started writing their names on my hip. Whoa. It was all for me. All of it was for me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that was all for me. My my, my self love. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. That's amazing. I should put my name, Chris's name, on my hip and just show him and see what he does. <laughs> Be like someone <laughs> proves about it. That's funny. These lemons are still good. <laughs> I need lemons. <laughs> All right, we're getting to that point where you and I are just hanging. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll see you in person very soon. Until then, we'll probably have like one or two other off-site mm-hmm. epis we really you know we did this off-site for a while really proud of us we did me too i'm gonna go uh, i'm gonna go home and think about driving uh thank you guys for listening i hope i didn't we didn't get too scared didn't think about mortality too much thank you for those yeah. who checked in on me because i did do a hunt on trying to find out the story that was really sweet and it was it was hard for a couple of days you know but yeah the ocean is the ocean Thank you yeah. for tuning in. Yes, thank you, and stay tuned for the next. Next week is your first meditation. Your first <laughs> meditation with James. Got to take the edge off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for hanging, guys. Keep moving forward. You have no choice. That's just what's happening. <laughs> okay. Bye.